0: golf and rock and roll? Not logical, but it is fascinating.
1: Playing down that big old fairway, don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going, we were
2: born to drive.
1: It's the Golf Insiders giving you the inside scoop on all things
0: golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9, the game.
1: Hey, bring me another bucket of ball. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love this lane. Because I
2: love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I. In the house, Holly G, and uh, we have a packed lineup for you tonight. We're going to start off uh, congratulating Satoshi Kodaira for his big win at the Heritage Open over the weekend in beautiful Hilton Head Island, and a real tight finish there between Satoshi and Si Woo Kim. Bryson DeChambeau finishing one stroke back at minus 11 along with Luke List. And a good tournament for Webb Simpson who uh, finished minus 10 and uh, his game coming around just in time for a tournament he loves playing in, the Valero Texas Open, which we will be uh, talking to several, several of our golf insiders about that tournament coming up. We want to go straight to one of our favorites. He was there at the Heritage all week from PGATour.com and Pro Golf Weekly, Jeff Shane, joining us. Hey, Jeff. How you doing, Holly? Doing well. I know you had a busy week up there in the, amidst the plaid jackets. Absolutely. We
3: even learned how to pronounce plaid jacket in in Japanese after all was said and done. I,
2: I bet you did. Uh, tell us a little. Tell us a little bit about uh, Sadashi Kodaira, a Japanese player who seems to be uh, someone whose star is rising.
3: Absolutely, and and here's a guy that uh, uh, you know has has worked on the on the Japan tour for a while. I, I actually found out uh, on Sunday that he had tried to qualify for the Web.com tour several years ago. That didn't go so well, so he decided to stay on his home tour and and uh, work his way up through that. He's got six wins on the Japan Tour, including two of what they consider their majors, the Japan Open and the Japan Tour Championship. Uh, so his his star was already rising uh, to where he cracked the top 50 earlier this year and earned a Masters invitation. And so he was trying to build a little bit of a schedule around the Masters. In fact, he was out at Bay Hill. I don't know if anybody uh remembers that or took notice of that when it happened, but uh that was his first regular PGA tour start on the US mainland in his career. He played a couple of times in Hawaii but had never uh come to the mainland for a regular event. You know, he's played a couple of WGCs and some majors. And then because he has a top fifty ranking Uh, he was able to also get into the RBC Heritage because it's an invitational, and that was open to anybody that's in the top 50. So he decided to stay an extra week, and everything fell into place. And it's a course that he said it reminds him a lot of what he plays in Japan. It's a shorter, tighter course. So he felt at home right away. And uh, uh, really one of the few players that made a strong move on Sunday – and uh he finished like an hour ahead of the the final groups and we all thought well yeah you know, what a great second place so you going to you know get in play the Texas Open and what do you think about getting special temporary status didn't cross our minds at all that Siwoo Kim was going to back up the way he did but Kodaira was there when uh, when he had the opportunity and i'm sure Luke Donald is sitting there saying what does it take <laughs> because Luke Donald is been top three seven times in this tournament but he's never won. Kodaira comes over first time over and wins.
2: <laughs> no, no, no kidding. Poor uh poor uh he, he's he's certainly had a, a hard time finishing it there at uh at, at Harbortown, that's for sure. Um Ian Poulter again rounds of sixty nine, sixty four sixty seven and then a disappointing seventy five on Sunday. I was hoping Ian may have the magic to uh, he he would look very good in a plaid jacket. Uh,
3: yeah, and, and I think that he's still got a good chance to win it one of these years. But you know what, Ian just hit the wall in his in, in his push to get that Masters invitation. First uh, by trying to crack the top fifty in the world ranking, uh, you know, and he qualified for the match play and almost got it through the match play, but he wound up at number fifty one. So he entered Houston with the uh, you know throwing the hail mary. To, to, you got to win to get in. Well, he won, and he got in, so he, he's played Houston. He played the Masters. He kept his commitment to play the RBC Heritage. But this was his sixth consecutive event. And you, when you think about how far he went in the match play, uh, we're talking about 43, maybe 44 rounds of golf in that particular period of time. And he needed just one more, but he really did just hit the wall uh kind of late in the front nine on Sunday and he just he didn't have it and but, but uh I don't think that takes away from from what he did you know in in all those rounds prior but uh Ian Jack or Ian Poulter will I think will win a tartan jacket before it's all said and done
2: Now you did mention it's that you know Harbertown is is short it's tight uh DJ finishing tight for 16th with rounds of 69, 69, 72, and 67. Um, did he just put the driver in the bag, or how, how did DJ work his way around Harbortown? Or not so one much.
3: Of my, <laughs> one of my radio partners here in, in, in Hilton had actually challenged Dustin to take the driver out of his bag and play the entire week without a driver. Dustin did not take the challenge. He said it's hard enough to beat everybody with all the clubs in his bag. I guess I don't blame him. But he also used it maybe three times uh, It was It's very much a course for, for a guy like Dustin where you're, you're hitting three woods and two irons. And uh, actually, this was a decent performance for Dustin Johnson. He had not been back to Harbortown, even though he's a South Carolina guy. Uh, grew up two hours away in Columbia. He had he had not played this event in nine years, and you can kind of imagine why. You know, it doesn't fit Dustin's strengths. That doesn't mean Dustin can't play this course. And, in fact, uh, this is the best he's ever played it. The first two times he played Harbortown, he missed the cut and never broke par for 18 holes. So um, he, he's shown that, that that he can handle it uh, and, and maybe the fact that he's an RBC guy and he's going to be coming back for the next however many years uh, and he's got more recent familiarity with it uh, it would not surprise me if, if Dustin was to win it. But you know, I he probably will never hit driver more than in, a dozen times the entire week.
2: Yeah, I would agree with the keeping it in the uh, in the locker room. Uh, it was the fiftieth anniversary for the RBC Heritage. Of course, they they uh, I guess painted the famous lighthouse there in Calabogie Sound in, in Plaid. Uh, tell, tell, well, about, act, was it actually? It wasn't
3: painted. Usually, it's painted red and white. But for the fiftieth, they actually found somebody. You, you see, you know, uh, out on on the highways and byways of I four. You know, sometimes you see those cars that are wrapped in in whatever advertising they actually found somebody that could wrap a lighthouse in plaid and so they did that about a month or so ago and and uh, looks kind of cool i'm sure you saw it on television but it, it's going to stay up all summer before it goes back to the traditional red and white
2: what is it about that tournament that's it been able to sustain um all this time as an independent event for fifty years that's a huge accomplishment
3: yeah it, I, first of all it it is a it is a community that loves its golf doesn't get very many big events uh, in fact the, even if you count the entire rest of the state uh, you know it is the largest annual sporting event in the state of South Carolina, and there's a real sense of cried about it and you know what i i'm kind of putting this together in a blog that you know that's going to go up here uh either tonight or tomorrow morning uh, i'm not giving a nice plug for the golf insiders blog but uh, uh sponsorship is everything and it was 7 years ago that this tournament was really on thin ice you think about where Houston is without a sponsor where fort worth colonial is without a sponsor this is where The heritage was back in 2011. They had to dip into their reserves to put one on, and thankfully uh, they were able to uh, make a contact with uh, RBC, Royal Bank of Canada. They picked up a a, a larger chunk of the sponsorship, but there's also a presenting sponsor in Boeing, uh, which has a big plant in Charleston, and uh, when you see uh, if you're watching the television and and you see that that big old 787 that that buzzes the golf course on Saturday afternoon, that's coming straight from the Boeing plant, usually on delivery to some place in Asia. But between those two, uh, they have put together a really nice package, and both of them have already re-upped through 2023. And this is the longest financial stability that this tournament has ever had. Uh, so that that's a credit uh, to. I, I think what Hilton Head does as a community and, and also just a great organization with Steve Wilmot. Uh, he's been tournament director for three decades here and uh, does an astounding job.
2: Well, I know it's uh, you make it your home now, Hilton Head Island, and uh, that's where we used to go on our family golf vacations. Uh, used to uh, have a lot of fun there at the Calabogie Cafe there in Calabogie Sound. Jeff Shane, you can check out all of his great stories. PGATour.com, Pro Golf Weekly, and our very own blog, The Golf Insiders Inside Take. Thanks so much, Jeff. You're listening to The Golf Insiders. 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Whatever I
3: want Your chance to get a grand. Quite an
1: impact, actually. Uh, when he shanked that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose
2: We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G. And we are talking the Heritage and the Valero Texas Open in the Lone Star State that's coming up this week and weekend. And uh, we're going to check in with one of our Golf Insiders we haven't talked to since the Masters. Mr. Gary Van Sickle, columnist for the Morning Read, on the line with us. Hello, GVS.
1: How's it going? You said Fairways on I 4. Did I, is there a part of their course in Orlando I'm not aware of that has Fairways would, on I 4? Did I miss that or it, is that just a clever marketing thing?
2: I uh, would now be the uh, Fairways of Ultimate I 4, don't you know? And that, yeah, all that right. means is that there's a lot of rough, a lot of construction, and a lot of exits that go nowhere right now.
1: I, I saw that during Bay Hill Week. What a, Let me know when your city's done. I'd like to come back, but not until then.
2: Well, we love, we love having you in town. So I want to ask you, since we haven't chatted since the Masters, uh, just your thoughts on the 82nd champion, Mr. Patrick Reed, dunning the green jacket and... Putting the first major in his resume.
1: Well, it's funny that he hadn't done a whole lot. You know what? Our, our perspective got skewed because all these guys have come out. These freakish guys like Jordan Speed at 21, John Rahm at 22. Uh, who am I? There's another one. Who am I? Oh, Justin Thomas. Those three guys. And if you go all way back to Tiger, but that's a long time ago. These guys are coming out at 21 and 22 and immediately just taking names and, and winning tournaments left and right. Patrick Reed's career, I think he had five wins before the Masters. He was on more of what would consider a traditional curve-up, a pretty good player, where you learn the ropes, you know, in the 22, 23, 24. He kind of build you up, and he had won a couple of times here and there, but he really hadn't get mustered any momentum or really gone on a spree or anything. I doubt that many people, if they were in a master's pool, had him in the master's because he hasn't won a lot of other tournaments. You would expect a master's champion to be somebody who went out and won a ton of other things first. But his development is, is what we used to think of normal, but because of Spieth and Rom and, and Thomas being so exceptional, you kind of feel, felt like, well, what took so long, man? Well, no, these other three guys are off the chart. So I think it was funny that somehow – Reed, despite five wins, kind of felt like uh, a disappointment, especially when he had that was it the year before last when he just vanished after the, the book came out that had the uh, that exposed his personal life and how you know unpopular he was with everyone in the world. He really vanished and played terrible, and I don't think that was an accident. I think it probably bothered him. But he's back now, and maybe we're starting to see what kind of a player he really is. I don't I'm not saying he's going to go out and do that twelve times a year, but we see in the Ryder Cup he really likes beating people, and uh, he's not warm and fuzzy. I called him Raymond Floyd 2.0 in my story. Uh, for those of us who remember Raymundo he's not uh, he's not gonna somebody you're gonna cuddle with as a fan. He's somebody you watch and you enjoy watching him beat people. So he's really good at that, and it's gonna be interesting to see if he's gonna make a habit of beating Spieth and Rom, and Thomas and Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. On a regular basis, if he is, man, we're just the, the golf. The game of golf is just getting better with all these guys who seem like they're head and shoulders above the others.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of that, it's hard to believe we are halfway to the FedEx Cup, Gary. And uh, you look at uh, you look at the points right now, and it is quite stacked. And looking like we, you know, we're we're six months out, but. The tour championship's already shaping up quite nicely.
1: You, you, you're not really going to make me look at the FedEx Cup points in, in April, are you? I mean, FedEx, you know, here's the thing about the FedEx Cup points they have the playoffs, and then before the final one, they reset the points. It's like NASCAR resetting the la- race to put everybody in the same lap. It's, why should I keep track of the points if you're just going to reset them at the end? This is my big complaint about the FedEx Cup. They reset it and they start over. So I realize it's about position, but do I really care if these multi which multimillionaire gets another 10 million he doesn't need? It's hard for me as a golfer to get exci- golf fan to get excited about the FedEx Trophy. The FedEx Cup has been a success because they're, these top guys are forced to play in these events, and when you have a better field, you wind up having better finishes, more exciting finishes. More famous winners and the individual tournaments have been a lot of fun and really good, but the FedEx, the whole points thing is—I don't—I've never heard one fan talking about the points. It's not like NASCAR. I've never heard one fan talk about who's wearing the points, blah blah. Even even you know even during the final four events, you don't hear people talking about. They just watch the tournaments and they're good tournaments and uh, whatever it means for that. There's no drama as you go along in cutting off the bottom. 30 guys, the bottom 50, you know, the top guys are all there. They're not cut. Uh, when the field goes from 120 to 100, who you are who you going to lose that John Q. Public could even care about? So I, I'm not a FedEx follower. I still try to uh, mention the money list as often as possible because I know the tour hates that.
2: Well, uh, speaking of uh, filing, <laughs> filing complaints, um it, it was your son who upstaged you this morning with uh, an article on the uh bringing up the conversation about as we've you know discussed in the past Nicholas again the debate about you know dialing back the golf ball uh, issues you know with the USGA and you know how they seem to continue to you know step all over uh, the golf Golf fans, amateurs, et cetera, and some of these, you know, rollbacks of of the rules. Uh, your thoughts on on uh, what's going on? Well, I think the
1: uh, you know it was a rare double Van Sickle day on Morning Read, which is either a big bonus or a, a nightmarish scenario for some pe- people, depending on who you were. Because I had a story on uh, a new product called the Water Caddy, which is for walking golfers. It's a it's a Pouch that you put in your golf bag with a hose and then a mouth, a mouth attachment so you can suck water out of the.
2: Pardon me. Uh, your
1: golf bag when you're walking, so that's Pardon kind me? of a kind of a cool thing.
2: Yes. Continue. Yeah. So I, I mean, it'd be perfect in
1: Florida if you're a walker. Now, if you're in a cart, you're not going to need that. But uh I, I've I'm said uh, I'm a big believer in bifurcation. uh Even if you don't rein the ball back in for the tour pros, that's optional. But we should have bifurcation just so the manufacturers can go back to making hotter, better, longer clubs for the amateurs. Uh, let, the, let the equipment companies do what they do best, which is innovate equipment. And that's kind of pretty much ceased because of the limits they put on it. So uh, my son's point was one you haven't really heard much. His point was I'm not, I'm not going to say whether I'm in favor or against this stuff. I'm just saying it's too late to make a change. You keep doing this to us. You know, he played his whole life with square grooves, and as soon as he gets out of college, turn pro, they take away square grooves, uh, take away square grooves, and he's got to play with something for the first time. The guys, uh, the same thing happened with the Pro V1 uh, and uh, the belly, the belly putter and the long putter. You let people use these things for 20, 30, 40 years, and then you pull the carpet out from under him. But he's got to start over. So what's the point of that? Uh, you should have, you should be more proactive. And I think the point is, the USGA has been behind the ball, behind the curve on uh, technology and improvements in technology since day one. I mean, you can go all the way back. The day that changed golf forever was back in the early 70s when the metal wood came along from TaylorMade, and somebody at the USGA didn't say, What metal wood? What part of the word wood don't you understand? They didn't do that. They allowed metal woods, and I think that's been the biggest change that changed the game we if we were all hitting persimmon woods right now i'm sure the game would have progressed but we wouldn't be having watching these guys hit happy gilmore drives 370 380 yards all day like we are now but we're never going to get back to that but i think the i think his point was good that quit quit changing the rules of the game in the middle you know be get ahead of it and uh he just thinks it's too late to do that now but we'll see what happens i don't I'm not anticipating the USGA doing any uh, rolling back the ball, but I, I would like to see them help amateurs and let get a separate set of equipment mm-hmm. rules, like almost every other, uh, you know, every other sport, professional sport has different rules, whether it's equipment or just playing rules than, than amateur golf, than amateur sports. So why not? Why is golf the only one holding up?
2: I couldn't agree more. One uh, last question before we let you go here, Gary. Uh, We're about to uh, head to the Lone Star State for the Valero-Texas Open. Pretty decent field. We've got Kevin Chappell defending his title. Another fellow Texan, Jimmy Walker, in the field. Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar. Who should uh, we be looking at this weekend? Who you got your eyes on?
1: Well, you know, that's an interesting golf course. It always looks hard and awkward on TV, and the scores are super low. Yeah, the scores are never super low. Plus, it's San Antonio area, so it's probably going to be windy, really windy, at least two of the four days. I think he, I think you want to go Texan in this one. Somebody who's used to the wind, whether it's uh, you know Jimmy Walker, be a good guy to get back in the mix, and he's from San Antonio. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with the, I'll go with a Texan. I go with Jimmy Walker. I think he's you know Patrick Patrick Reed's not playing though, right? He's another, he's originally a Texan. Yeah, i I got I to gotta stay Texan.
2: I go like that Texan, pick. Go Texan. I like that pick. He's bouncing back nicely from the Lyme disease that he's been battling, and uh, I think that's a good pick. As always, we appreciate spending some time with Gary Van Sickle. Check him out on themorningread.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up.
3: Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, that's...
1: My job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is.
3: Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni. I think it's nice It'd be good. Just make hard.
2: We're back, the Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G. And um, switch gears here for a few minutes. Um, You know, professional golf raises more money for charity than all the professional sports combined, and we know uh, week to week we talk about um, various tournaments and ways that uh, the game of golf gives back. And April is Parkinson's Disease Awareness Month. This is something that's near and dear to my heart as my mother passed away from Parkinson's disease at the age of... 74. Parkinson's affects over 7 million worldwide. It is a disease that's caused by the loss of brain cells that produces dopamine and impacts movement. It's the number one uh, movement disorder uh, disease. Next to um, uh, Alzheimer's, this affects more people uh, in terms of just the progressive nature of the disease. And two weeks ago, I happened to catch a wonderful story on the Golf Channel done by my very dear friend, Tim Rosefort, about an incredible man who has used golf to stop the progression of his Parkinson's. It's a remarkable story, and uh, it's with great pleasure that I bring to the show today Gary Smith from the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, Gary.
0: Hi, Howie. How you doing?
2: Well, um, so when we when we talked, we had quite a bit of uh of connection. Um my parents were both from Chicago as well. Big huge yep. Cubs fans, as I know you are. And mm-hmm. um tell us about a- the
0: Cubs game last night freezing.
2: Yeah, it's what's the weather there 30. right now? Thirty six?
0: Oh it's it's better now, it's thirty six degrees. Yep.
2: Well, um, your story is don't really... Don't is, tell me
0: what it's like down there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Your story, <laughs> your story really touched me when I saw it. It's aired several times. Um, mm-hmm. I think originally it aired in December, and they've aired it several times mm-hmm. because of this being Parkinson's uh, Awareness Month. But um, share with our listeners you know, how, how you, know, you were diagnosed and, and about your background in golf and uh, what, what it's meant to you.
0: Yes, um, I, I golfed some growing up. And uh, when we had kids, I was just out four or five times uh, golfing. And then uh, uh, my dad came down with Parkinson's, and um, he passed away in 2007. And in 2008, I was shattered uh, when they said, You have Parkinson's. Uh, I've been putting it off for three years. I kind of thought I may have had something neurologically wrong with me, but my wife kept saying, You need to go see a doctor, you need to see a neurologist. But finally I went in and just in a few minutes, he goes, sir, you have uh, Parkinson's. And it just <clears throat> it just burst my dreams. I mean, I still feel as I talk about right now, it's just like it shattered everything. And um, so um, right away I got on the Internet, started um, seeing what can be done with Parkinson's. I mean, I, I researched every day. My son's in research uh, out there in New York City, and he was looking on the Internet and trying to find the latest, talking to different doctors. My wife was doing the same thing. My daughters were doing the same thing. And so the first seven years, um, I was just gradually going down. Um, the seventh year was a very dark year for me. I'm, I'm not antisocial. I'm kind of like the life of the party at times. But I was starting to lie to my wife as far as I don't want to go out. I got a headache when I didn't. I just didn't want to be around people. And then um, by fate or by providence, I want to look at it, uh, we went to Scotland to see my wife's uh, where my wife's mom was born. And um, I said and this is your trip i'm not going to go off to st andrews ha, ha, ha! i didn't think i could get on anyway and at the very end as we were leaving for limo she goes grab your grab your golf shoes i said no hon this is your trip she goes well my trip would have my h- husband being happy so grab your golf shoes let's see if we can get you on so five days later after the tour uh we had one day left we went up to st andrews to shop and i waited three and a half hours to get on finally got on and uh it was a surreal experience i'm coming back i'm going i'm feeling different and i was just saying it was probably the high of of being on st andrews uh Golfing where it started and um, but I thought you know I'm going to add this to my repertoire of, of exercises because I was doing marathons triathlons biking doing everything that they told me to do um, but I was still gradually slipping so we happened to have freak weather uh, in the February of 2000 and so I went out and golfed uh, once and then I hit the driving range two or three times and I felt stronger and my voice if you would heard my voice back then, Holly, it was raspy, and my my wife was always saying, speak up and squeak up, and um, I could tell some changes were going on, so the next week, I went out probably three to five times, golfing, or we just hitting the driving range, and then we still had good weather, um, and the third week was rainy, but I still got out the driving range, and the f- fourth week, I got out every day, and I could tell something major was going on, so... I called my neurologist. She kind of yawned, said, Well, good for you. And I go, No, Doc, this is difference." She goes, Well, I understand. Good for you. I go, No, I'm coming in. So I, I went in there, and I, was, I can be goofy. I was dancing, trying to dance like white men dance. And she goes, Cut it out. And I go, no, Would you say there's a difference? She goes, There is a difference. And uh, so I gradually got stronger, but then I was afraid of running into wintertime. I was going to hit wiffle balls in the garage. My son said, Dad, you got to keep the momentum going. So we joined a membership of Top Golf. So where you can hit underneath heaters, we need heaters up here, Holly.
2: Absolutely. And
0: uh, uh, so I hit year-round, and I just kept getting stronger and stronger. Now I'm hitting 1,000 golf balls a week. and uh, 1,000 golf balls from, a
2: week. Wow. Uh,
0: yeah. Yep. Yeah. I go out there every day, hit about 150. And um wish I could say I've gotten better. I mean, I have, but I'm gradually <laughs> moving towards scratch golf. That's probably uh, not going to happen, but at least I'm down to – Shooting around 80, eighty eighty five consistently.
2: Well, let me so, yeah. yeah let me let me uh, clarify a couple of things too. First of all, sure. um, uh, for some who don't know, the the early signs and symptoms for Parkinson's can look like some tremors or trembling, slow movement, body stiffness, mm-hmm. problems with walking, balance issues. Um, it you know basically starts to impact your muscles, and for some even it's facial muscles uh you know th- your your voice muscles but it's a it's a progressive disease neurological disease, disease that has no cure but um through you know great research um, you know many live you know long uh lives with it, managing you know the various symptoms um it's mostly diagnosed when uh people are sixty or older however there is you know there have been cases of early onset and probably the most famous was Michael J. Right. Fox, who mm-hmm. uh, actually was diagnosed at the age of 29 in 1991. And, you know, it's been remarkable what uh, Michael has done, raising awareness and, um, you know, just accelerating research in this, you know, in in this disease. Uh, but what I, I find so interesting is, uh, first of all, to clar- clarify, you were about a what ninety to a hundred, um, yeah, you know, round shooter uh, in your yes. casual golf days, and now you're down to a a, a single digit, and you've scored a hole in one <laughs> since you started this mission <laughs> with golf and and slowing yeah. your Parkinson's.
0: Yeah, I've had three hole in ones at Top Golf. Uh, they reward you handsomely with a thousand bucks, and then. Got a hole-in-one here just last week uh, on National Parkinson's Day, uh, April 11th. So um, that was like a – that capped off everything. It's like, what a day to get a hole-in-one. And, uh, yeah, I've gone from like a 95 I, – I was doing good if I could break 100. And uh, I broke 80 seven or eight different times last year. And uh, just down on Sanibel Island, and shot in the mid-80s, some, some tough courses. And not used to water and alligators, but <laughs> – so, yeah, I'm getting my golf game together, and, I mean, that's my joke, Holly. It's the it's par Uh It's kind of a weak pun, but that's my uh, medicine. My therapy is my par prescription by going out and golfing every day. And, and yeah, life is good. I mean, when you talk about some of the symptoms, I mean, I was starting to choke on food. Uh, my writing was terrible. I couldn't even get my contact in my eye because I didn't have a tremor, but it was just so hard to be accurate. My voice was wispy. Uh, I felt like gravity was just pulling me down. I fell riding a bicycle um, in March or May of the first year, and in the second year I fell again. And um, so I kind of gave up bicycling. Although when I got in triathlons, I got back into it, but it was kind of dangerous. I lost my smell and taste. That's coming back. I felt contained. Uh, just my movement was just like someone had a saran wrap over me. I just couldn't move. Um, I still can't dance, but at least I can dance now. Um, I, I was starting to freeze up. Uh, that was that was scary. I, I'd go up to walk up a step, and it's just like, okay. Consciously, I had to force my right leg to my left leg. When I walked my daughters down the aisle in 2009, 2010, I had to practice, and I was sweating it out. My daughter goes, Dad, relax. I go, hon, I'm trying to figure out how to keep up with your gait. So I was a mess, um, and that's where I'm wanting to get word out what golf can do Hopefully, someday do a study to see if either I'm a freak or if there's a lot to it that others are going to benefit.
2: Well, um, Gary, uh, for those that are listening and want to hear more about Gary's story, you can go to GolfChannel.com and Google the Gary Smith story. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you directly, Gary, um, they can do that at. Uh, yes. what's, what's your What's your number?
0: Six three zero. 946-7575.
2: That's Gary Smith, Six three zero nine four six seven five seven five. 946 7575 And um, just a, a fantastic, inspiring story, Gary. And we uh, look forward to uh, continuing to talk to you along this journey and seeing also how we can uh, raise some funds for that study on the effects of golf and Parkinson's. Appreciate uh, Thanks, you coming on and uh, helping and giving some hope to others out there.
0: Thanks so much,
2: Hallie. You're listening to Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up.
1: Pet Boys, your place for the best value. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. And then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well.
3: I want my
2: We're back, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house, Holly G. And um, just to follow up on that interview we did with Gary Smith, um, if you want to check out his story on golfchannel.com, just Google Gary Smith and see his remarkable story. As I said, April is uh, Parkinson's Awareness Month and uh, Michael J. Fox, who has been just um, uh, an amazing um, cheerleader as well as uh, advocate and fighter in the world of Parkinson's disease research. Uh, their first inaugural Orlando Foxtrot 5K for Parkinson's research is going to happen on Saturday, May 19th. That's going to happen at Harbor Park at Lake Baldwin. It's a walk run you, or you can form a team. And to find out more information on this, michaeljfox.org forward slash Orlando. That's the inaugural Orlando Foxtrot 5K for Parkinson's research on Saturday, May 19th. For more information, check it out at michaeljfox.org slash Orlando. Coming up, another announcement that we didn't get to is uh, the two-person Team Golf Marathon for Ovarian Cancer Research, playing for a cause, which is happening tomorrow at Red Tail Golf Club. This is um, put on by the Florida Hospital Cancer Institute. One in 75 women will be diagnosed with ovarian cancer in her lifetime. And this event is uh, happening to raise awareness and change that statistic. The format is a two person team select shot. It starts at 9:30, 9:30. Uh the team prizes include most holes played, most birdies made, most pledge, most dollars pledged and uh just sounds like a great great event. Um if you've got nothing to do tomorrow, you want to take the day off. Grab a friend and come out out to Red Tail Golf Club for this two-person team select select shot scramble. And um, let's raise some money for the Florida Hospital Cancer Institute. Check it all out. You can go to playingforacause.org, playingforacause.org. I guess we're going to wrap it up tonight, folks, a little bit early as um, we've got uh, I've got I've got an event. I got to go to a tea time and I got to get ready for this uh, all day marathon tomorrow out at Redtail. As always, keep listening to the Golf Insiders every week. We're back to our regular time slot six to seven uh, every Wednesday. We'll be back next week. As always, thanks for listening, celebrating our 10th anniversary. Holly G, we're out of here. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.